coming to you soon as I get the music up, <laughs> is the host of the Propaganda Report, Monica Perez. You guys, a lot of you guys are fans of hers in the chat. She was a great guest about a year ago. Her Twitter bio says, Truth, Liberty, and Justice. If canceled, meet me at thepropreport.com or in the tunnels. Here's the propaganda, thepropreport.com. It's a podcast. Join co-host Monica Perez and Brad uh, Binkley as they pull back the curtain and use the mainstream media itself to expose the truth behind the propaganda. The Propaganda Report's weekday show, The Drive Time News Blast, brings listeners news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. Let's get Monica on in here. Looking forward to her. This is a great, great guest. Let's see what's happening. Okay, hello, hello. Hey. Hey, Monica, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you well, doing? Good. Welcome to the show. Sorry, I left the music on. Let me turn it off. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back. We had you on like a year ago. I just did a little uh, intro for you, but um, I got I know we got a bunch of people that listen to the show that are big fans of yours, so I don't know. Welcome on. Thank you. Yeah. I'm having a little camera trouble, so you're going to have to have like crappy video, but That's okay. That's no problem. Better than All nothing, right. right? Yeah, it's cool. So okay. I don't know what month I had you on. I think it might have been june of last year or something like that so i think like just say it's been a year since you've been on um i don't know crazy times right <laughs> yeah people loved our episode oh, i think cool. because you kept the pacing up so good you've got you're a natural sweet that's awesome uh what do you been i don't know what i guess before we get into like some questions and stuff like why don't you give people the quick rundown of what the propaganda report is and what kind of stuff you're trying to do online all right, thanks. Uh, we have a few things going on. I have a co-host, Brad Binkley, and it's called The Propaganda Report. We do a daily show, which is a daily news show, which is the Drive Time News Blast. We have Patreon. If you're a patron, you get extra of that. We have cocktail parties if you're a patron, Zoom parties. It's very fun. And then all our and then we uh, do interviews. And then we have all our video stuff is on Rockfin, where you kind of join you like as a Rockfin creator, you have to do exclusive videos. But then anybody who joins can watch anything there. And for us, what we do is Binkley looks at all the like that yesterday we did the Council of Foreign Relations talking about literally it was the craziest thing ever. Like it's hard to detect a white supremacist, but like the latest thing that is a flag of white supremacists is people who are into natural eating and <laughs> growing their own food. Yeah. She's like, so you think someone's just canning tomatoes, but like 10 layers deep, yeah. you've got, you have a real threat. And I'm like, well, the canning the tomatoes is the threat. It's not, it's not the yeah. white supremacy that's, sure. the pro, you know, it's not yeah. white supremacy at all. It's a threat to something totally different. And so he just played the video of this chick teaching uh, reporters how to detect white supremacists like guised as homesteaders and stuff. So we do, we do a lot of stuff just to try to pull the propaganda back. And like the way I say it is, they, I don't think all the news is fake. I just think that every single solitary thing in the corporate media is there for a reason. And mm. if I can figure out the real reason, then I will tell you. And that's, yeah. I mean, it, it never stops. And I, I, I hate the news. I hate it. I never like to read the newspaper, but you have to figure it out because they're, you know, I have kids in school. I have friends and family and they're like, most of them are brainwashed. And I'm like, okay, you're wrong. This is why. 
Anyway, nice. That's what I do. That's great. I mean, like, yeah, yeah I mean, that's an interesting point. It, it's almost, you know, where what you said about the um, not everything being fake. It, and honestly, you can't create good propaganda off everything being fake. If none of this stuff were, was true, they, they couldn't do anything with it. I mean, because there has been maybe one or two white supremacists in history, probably a, a few more, something like that. <laughs> Mo most people can't really define what that really is, but they use it as a smokescreen and what they're like you said their their real um target is people trying to break away from the system you know if you if yes. you want to get away around fiat if you want to get around their education anything that takes their control it's like kind of that's the real enemy right i yeah i have two things about that i had been wondering about the homesteading thing i was like why aren't they attacking that yet either it's because it isn't big enough or they have an ulterior motive like one thought i had because this has happened in the past where they drive the people out of the cities, like the the people who are worse off in the cities, they drive them into the rural areas to ruin like farm communities. So if you had a bunch of like Brooklynite homesteader wannabes move up to the farms in upstate New York, it's going to do more harm to the farms than it yeah. is going to do good. And and the farms are also like those family farms and stuff are, if to the extent there are any left. But people who work on them, they're a threat too. So like you could be just tainting them, but but now I I now I know it's they it just they weren't ready to attack and now they are attacking. And every time Binkley shows us one of these things, last time it was how to propagandize teens to pressure their parents to get the vaccine. And the one before Ugh. that was a 230, and I heard like actual words. People will send us quotes of, you know, in the newspaper, whatever, we're straight out of these like propaganda seminars is how I think of them. The one before that was how to get people of color to take vaccines. They put $238 million into that and we saw that coming. But wow. about the fact that it has to be, it can't be totally fake. I always think of this with the Rolling Stones or the Grateful Dead. The Rolling Stones, I, I think Mick Jagger's first like big girlfriend was her dad established the Tavistock Institute, which I believe is the deep state arm of psychological study. So that that that's how deep state that is. But of course, it wouldn't sweep the world. Like I always think this about the '60s. Like rock and roll was probably a CIA op, but it had to be good for it to work. Right. You know, I love. That's all I like. That's all I like is that. that I, I fell for it. Hook. I, I fell for yeah. two. Um, I don't know if we covered this last time, but I'm a professional musician. I'm a teacher, stuff like that. Um, I fell for two musical psyops: hook, line, and sinker. Like rock and roll and hip hop. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, yes. like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm young, I'm 33, you know? So I like, wasn't alive for like the rock thing, but I got obsessed when I was like 10 to 14 with that. Then I got obsessed with like nineties and two thousands hip hop. And if you look into the people that own that stuff or prop that stuff up, I mean, there, this is big money that was behind this. I mean, like their concert I'm tours were billion, sometimes billion dollar. And these were broke California kids. Where'd the money come from? Yeah, and, and I would say that it's a similar goal probably. Now, I, I don't, like, know the new – the last show I went to before, like, the world closed down was Arrested Development. <laughs> cool. Which was – Hell yeah. JJ yeah. Boogie does the music yeah. for my show, and he's the guitarist for them. We went, and he sat with us. He's, I just love him. And so, like, that's a very – that kind of hip-hop I really like, and those guys actually – stated that they were into the positivity. They did not like the negativity. And that's great. And that's a good way to get you into that kind of music. But eventually where that stuff leads, it's the same thing with rock and roll as hip hop, whatever. It's it's you're taking 
a, a culture and you're introducing drugs into it, you're driving wedges into the family structure, you're separating the parents from the kids, the parents can't, it's so different that the, you know, you're taking out like a fundamental element of music, the parents can't like follow and a generation can't follow from one to the other. And I, and there's this famous saying from the Rothschilds, supposedly, get, you know, let me control the money. And I know not who I don't, I care not who controls the laws that has not been verified, but I quote that may go back to Plato, but certainly goes back a hundred years or so that is verified is uh, let me control the music. And I care not who make the laws. Wow. Awesome. That's what the, that's what the real expression is. Maybe I do have a future. Yeah. yeah I just got to make mean, the right music, get hired by the DOJ. Like, or no, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the answer. Maybe yeah. the answer is to beat them at their own game. Like right. I think that I have I this book. So. We, we advertise this book, governmentscam.com is how you get it. And I like it. It's this guy at the end squared. And I don't usually like a plug the things I plug when I'm on another show. But the point that is that I think they use in that book, it's for visual learners and they use techniques that you see were developed over a hundred years of propaganda that like just drives home messages to people. And this is like turning the tables with that. It's showing people propaganda. It's like anti-propaganda propaganda, yeah. I guess, but it really works. And why, why eschew the uh, the methods that they have developed? I always say this, like libert libertarians die by the sword, but they don't live by it. Like, mm. let's live by yep. it. Yeah, it's it. They don't. Yeah, because I mean, I've I, I, you know, since we talked last, I mean, I was pretty much a libertarian last time we talked. I still like, you know, it's I'm not one now. Um, I'm I call myself a right winger now, but I'm not a mainstream. I still hate the hate the mainstream, hate the establishment, but. I find that the culture war is so bad that we can't like live and let live is not no longer a thing. Okay. Like I have things. I have things ho however, I still want to like end the fed. I'm a gun rights absolutist. I'm still friends. I mean, half the people listening right now are libertarians. I'll, I feel like, you know, four out of five, every guest I have on is libertarian and I'm very friendly with them. I also look at like, also, I, I, I'm very anti-leftism. I'm more anti-leftism yes. than I am like... Than am pro-anything? Yeah, I mean, well, okay. I'm more pro like God and guns and stuff than anything. Like I really like I'm a strong Christian. That's really like the thing that I is my highest value. But I don't think liberty is a bad value. I just think that like libertarianism, it has some holes in it when taken to its like ultimate conclusion. Um, yeah. Then, so I'm yes. definitely not, I'm not like an anarchist. I believe in the nap. I believe in property rights. So I don't know what to call myself. I'm not like, f f like I'm not unfriendly towards libertarians. I think a lot of them are just like, kind of like, I don't know what the word is Th they like lame. Like you're not, <laughs> but I, my friends aren't, but like a lot of them are like complete losers. I, <laughs> I, I understand where you're, where, why you're there. No, no, it's, it's fine. I, I have this. I've thought of some of these things myself. Okay. So first of all, I believe that this is what I talk about. That we're in a post post ideological world. Mm. I, so I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pro or con anything that, you, that you're saying. I'm saying that we are in a post ideological world. So I can be a libertarian. You can be a Republican or a conservative or a liberal or a Democrat or a socialist or any of those things. And we are going to fight about that 
that's what we're doing right now. And it's getting worse. Not you and me, but like us. <laughs> our, us. our relationship is deteriorating by the second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, I gotta go. All right, no, okay. The, <laughs> the us, so the us are gonna do that. The fact that we have those bones to chew on means that it doesn't matter at all. This chick's worried about homesteaders. And I understand that. She's really not worried about conservatives or even libertarians. She's worried about the words that they use. She doesn't she likes to throw, she wants to throw everybody out, the baby with the bathwater. So I, I like if if I hear a politician espouse my ideological viewpoints, I don't care at all because you might be lying, you might not be lying. We are careening towards the same horrible end point. Yeah. And so it's fun to theorize because I'm about to theorize with you. I'm going to tell you what I how I would classify myself if I thought ideology was really worth teasing the nuances out. Okay. But first I will say that I I I am nowhere near comfortable saying like what you just said and I I'm not I'm not there, but where I am for sure is I had an epiphany and this is where I say, like, you got to hold the line, right? So now I'll tell you, I am a voluntarist. You can say it however you want. Maybe I'm yeah. a spiritualist anarchist. I like, like that term. I think it's a very yeah. good term. Yeah. I believe society yeah. is self-ordering. I believe that, I mean, it's like a couple of Jacques Ellul might have been a spiritual anarchist. Tolstoy was a spiritual anarchist. It was a Christian anarchist where it's like Jesus would not approve of the nation state as we as we have it now, right? So like that would be the concept of Christian anarchism is that it's inherently violent or whatever. I don't know. But I, 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 do, not, I do not think that the state is necessary, even if you believe that 80% of the people are absolute fear-ridden um, sheep, which it appears to be true. Like people were saying that for years, but I never really realized how true, like they're most people are of a, it's almost like there's, there's more than one human nature. (laughs) I I just, you know, I look around and plus I moved to LA. So like, I look around, I'm like, Wow. wow, like you refuse to think, am I right? Like I can explain to you and show you your science. A guy you five minutes ago said that you would uh, think is a good scientist. I will show you his Nobel prize and I will show you that he negates everything that you're doing right now for your health is opposite. <laughs> and I can prove it to you. Yeah, this And like, the answer yeah, is yeah. you're a fucking Republican and don't talk to me. I'm not a Republican, but yeah. anyway, so, so there are people who just cannot, right. Even then, even then a voluntary society, if, if uh, my, my son calls it, he says, there's all the sheep and then there's the wolves and then there are shepherds. Yep. So if, if you're, if you're a shepherd, I'm a shepherd, maybe we're the shepherds and the wolves gave democracy to the sheeps to keep the shepherds under control. Mm. But if you didn't have that democracy or society like that, you could still, you, you might still have shepherds and the shepherds maybe get the sheep to control the wolves. Like it would be a smaller situation. So I do feel like voluntarism, voluntarism, I do not believe the state is a necessity. So I will, I'll square Mm. that away right there, but I will tell you this, and this is where I had my epiphany. I've, I've told a couple of people this, but it's really worth repeating, especially for your audience, probably doesn't listen to me, but they might after this. So, uh, so I was watching Mr. Robot, which is a show from about five years ago. Ever hear of it? Yeah, I do. Mr. Robot. Yeah. yeah. Do you watch it? Have I've you ever seen the it? first like five episodes. First episodes, all you need. First five minutes of the first episode. Okay. 
It opens up. There's a picture of like a penthouse, a bunch of bankers. And the narrator is saying they're a bunch of bankers who control the world. They control everything. They don't ask you. They manipulate you. They run the media. They control the money. Like everything you do, they do. They're unelected. You don't even know they exist. And and here we are. Uh, I'm going to bust a pedophile now. Okay. So thank you, anarchists, for busting the pedophile. So I'm sitting there thinking, I've heard this a lot. Like I hear... You see conspiracy stuff all over the place. And, and that guy, what that guy said, I think is actually true. There might be lizards on top of those guys, but is at least that's true. Yeah. So, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you're right. So the lizard thing is a joke. I don't really believe in lizards, but some people do. You'll come Anyways. around one day. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who knows? Our next conversation, and yeah, you're like, yeah, I have yeah. something to tell you. I'm, I'm a lizard. I'm, like, I was just, I'm not a right winger, just... but I'm a reptilian uh, affirmer. Yeah. <laughs> Shapeshifter. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, yes, yes, me too. So, <laughs> so, so he said that, and I thought, what the fuck? And this was exact. Oh, can I cuss? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm Catholic. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, to that's up to you. You can cuss, okay. you cuss on my show. Sorry, I can't cuss or swear, but I'm allowed to use vulgarity yeah. as a Catholic. Yeah, sure. So anyway, <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, uh, so, so at around the same time, a friend took me to a gun range, and even though I'm afraid of recoil, they started me off on the long gun. Cool. So, and it was such a fancy gun that really wasn't any recoil. Is that possible? Like, it didn't blow me back. Like, when my dad put us in the basement with a, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was different. Yeah. Anyway, I could, Mira's doing it wrong. I don't know. It's, it wasn't as scary as I thought. Okay. But it was, it was outside and the, and the things were far away. So there was like one, is it like a hundred yard target and a 30 yard target? Does that sound like something normal or is it? Sure. I haven't been out to the long range in a while. Just the indoor. Okay. Yeah. But does those, do those things sound right? right? So yeah, this, sure. there was one really far away and there was one about a third of the way that far. So I was looking through the scope and I saw the target, but I, I didn't know which target I was looking at. You know, like I, mm. he, I, I knew, I kind of knew because then I would find the other one and then I could yeah. see, oh, wait, I was at the wrong target. Right. Wow. So I realized that what Mr. Robot was doing was describing that far away target to me. And, but when I look through the scope, it's so far away, I can't even see it. The only target I can see is a closer target, which is DC. Mm. Okay, so what is it about DC that what would happen if you just tore it all down? Yeah, tore it I mean, all down. So you yeah. tore down the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, you tore it all down. You show up on January 6th. Showing up on January 6th fucked it up because they were counting, the, they were going to dispute the electoral certification. You realize that, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so we were fought. We do every week. My partner and I do uh, interview this like last man standing in Georgia, still fighting to look at the ballots from November, 2020. Right. So we, but we started talking to him every week in December. So we were waiting for January 6th to January 9th. He was like, it's going to probably take three days. And then we're going to look for a two week investigation to kind of whatever, review the ballots and all that kind of stuff. So, when they tore it down, I was like, oh, they, they made it impossible for us to use the mechanisms that are there for us to protect ourselves from this. I would call it illegitimate. I think the Constitution itself was a coup, but yeah. the yeah. Bill of Rights was the negotiation they had to give us to get away with that. So, like, we need that's the libertarian live by the sword 
die by the sword, but don't live by it. Like we need, don't take a plea bargain. Like you need those protections that are in the bill of rights. Like don't go pissed off at the bankers. Then look at Nancy Pelosi. She's a banker. You know, she's the shill of a banker or whoever. And then just, you know, burn that stuff down to the ground. Because if you're, if you really tear it down, then it's not going to be replaced by a voluntary society. It's oh, going to be replaced no, no. by those guys. Yeah. So that's when I say, like, you just got to hold the line. Like, I'm a voluntarist, but these people are running in the wrong direction, and I'm not going to abandon the line, which I call it the thin parchment line. I'm going to defend the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, mm-hmm. even though I'm a, a voluntarist or yeah, an agorist yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, that's one of the reasons that – that's probably one of the main reasons I, you know, became not a libertarian anymore because I just don't think it's going to happen in our life, and it's not going to happen in the next life. And, like, what is the step-by-step process towards it? And it's also what's going down while that's ha- – like, while the libertarians are trying to, like, work – oh, like I like like, you shouldn't – Abandon your principles just because they're impossible. I get that. I, I I'm one of the I, I'm one of those people too. But while that's happening, there's other there's bigger fish to fry in my book, and that to me, like for lack of a better word, is like this the the sexual degeneracy stuff and like the this the trampling on Christian values and like go, them going after the family and like the left is like I would rather a like a Christian theocracy monarchist right wing right now than. Then and even one that isn't like like doesn't even respect the nap like they like <laughs> th- like you know yeah. like, I don't care like I I like I would like that setup well, like way more than the leftists having all of academia and all of like like everything like they're Franco doing. Spain hell yeah <laughs> I don't yes. know enough about it but yes. I understand that was At the least, idea I, like I'm I'm just well, saying when weighing the two options hell yeah well how about and I'm not it, a fascist either but I'm just saying I, I I, he's a Catholic he's pro Catholic like he he. Fuck it. You know, like, like, I don't know. I don't even mind that idea as long as you can leave. Yeah. So if, if you, if. Are we allowed to? No, no, no. I'm not saying we can, but like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't like be a freedom fighter and take a plane over to Franco, Spain to depose Franco. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to go move to Spain yeah. if it were like that. You know what I mean? And then you would. Yeah. It's like learning Spanish. Right. How hard is that? I'm just saying I'm not Spanish. I'm American. Uh, so I understand I leave, that So too. I'm not leaving. <laughs> like, I'm so my homeland. You don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't actually have to. What you could, you can So that's where the principle of subsidiarity comes in and the Constitution again. The 10th Amendment and a couple of other ones towards the end there of the Bill of Rights would secure for you the freedom to live like that. And you wouldn't, Mm. you wouldn't, you don't need to abandon the nap because people could leave. They, people could leave your neighborhood. The problem is when you don't have absolute private property rights, then part of the rights that you would secure around your border and you would actually you would actually get a bunch of pieces of land next to people you know you would you would like free state projects but not a whole state just a county mm-hmm. and every single contiguous piece of land would have the exact same philosophy oh i only want this sect of christian that's it we all agree nobody's going to let in anyone but this sect of christian you're not allowed to do that yeah. You're not allowed to do that. So You're what right. do you have to do? Then what you have to do is say, 
okay, well, I can't go to the Mexico-U.S. border and say, you're Catholic, you're not my sect of Christian, you can't come in. But what I can do is say, I want to say over who comes and goes over this border. Mm. And I say to you, that's none of your business, but it is your business because a little bit of your private property rights have been pulled out of the border of your yeah. of your land. There's this and, gray and, area. And, yeah, yeah, there's and, this like overlap. What do, what do they call that in real estate where it's like the one foot? It's easement. like your, the, the easement. An yeah, easement. There, that's another like the nap is not so easy to define because there's like an easement in all, almost every well, single like ideology. Like my per, like it's, it could be called like your bubble. Some people are like in, in ideology as well as physical space. There's an easement in all kinds of things. So the nap is not so easy to understand. Right. And that is why I can still be a voluntarist, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I don't I don't really embrace the labels. I just don't believe yeah. in the monopoly on violence. So but the thing with that is to abandon the monopoly on territorial uh coercion, use of force or whatever, isn't the same as abandoning law or tradition or sure. culture, or whatever. So the British common law system, and I'm not like a student of this stuff, but I went to law school and I learned about it. You have case laws as opposed to the French system where you have statutory law and like they decide in advance how it's all going to work. But with the case law, they take every, and this is why you want judges and stuff or even lawyers, they take every actual dispute that happens. So there's no, well, what if this happens? Therefore you have to wear a mask, or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> the actual, like in tour law, actual things that are disputed, they go to a judge, you to, you make your argument and that, and a judge is one of the few things that is considered like a gift, a vocation, the clergy um, being a jurist, which is a judge and I think a doctor. So you have to have this inner ability to do it. Like I would not be a good judge. I can't see through that gray, but, but there are people who can, and they're right. And their decisions can stand the test of centuries, if not millennia, the people are really, really good at that. You don't need a course, a course of system. You just need a culture that has a history of law, mm. which we have. Yeah. So we have those laws. So if you see the chaos that's happening now, it's the left and the right is going to get dragged into it. Um, give it giving up hope on the process. And, but the process is the only thing that's valuable about this thing, in my opinion, is the process. You can't lose your right. So like the process of masquering and all that is wrong. It should be a tort. So if you hurt somebody by not wearing your mask, you should be liable for, you You could, like if you really went back millennia, you could then be an indentured servant to that person forever. That's the, you know, the dad, The I dad dies- and you yeah. then have to serve them. But no one can tell me or you not to wear a mask unless it is very clear that that's an incredible danger. Yeah. That you're just breathing leprosy over your yeah, lawn. I don't even agree your- with that. I don't even agree with that. I don't think that, like, to, to me, like, I've said this since, like, almost the beginning of Well, it of would COVID. be trespass. If you breathed leprosy onto their lawn, it would be those little particles. Yeah, onto their lawn. But not, like, in, yeah. like, a store. Because, like, the but thing is. But that's what pollution Pollution yeah. is is like actual particles spewing onto your private property. Like yeah. tort would take care of pollution. It's because uh. they don't apply it to pollution that we have pollution. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so so real quick, what I'm sure most people listening and myself have a, like a decent definition for, but what is the definition of the nap? 
Uh, I, I'm not the like libertarian like uh, spouter, what, yeah, but yours, the, yeah. the non-aggression principle I think is rooted in something that I do absolutely uh, agree to, and it was basically the way Murray Rothbard put it. There's this is how I always put it. There's only one law: don't touch me or my stuff. And and in my opinion, what we were just talking about is how to tease out what defines me and my stuff, yeah. and what defines touching. So that is what case law does. There's probably never been a case that like anything that could happen in either of our lifetimes probably has applicable case law if we were to, you know, if we had access to it. But they're trying to uh, they're trying to overturn these fundamental principles that have emerged over 10,000 years of civilization, which is probably 10,000 years, of course, of slavery. But okay, so is is forceful any is forcing anyone to do anything against their will a violation of the net? I'm thinking it is. I mean, you know, I guess the question would come down to like, I I think your marginal case would be abortion. So you have a doctor. This is my example about abortion. So you have a doctor and he's about to jam a hanger up a chicken, kill her baby. Can you run into the room and shoot him in the head before he can do that? Maybe. That may be like saving life. Could you run into, if she was doing it to herself, could you run into the room and shoot her in the head to save the baby? I don't know. Well, you couldn't because it would not save the baby. Yeah. Okay. So what you'd have to do is you'd have to chain her to the radiator and stick yeah. a th- th- feeding tube down her throat. Yeah. To save the baby. So to me, that's that case that you need like this, this jurist to decide. And that's where you get, where you get culture. You know, what you need is for that situation to never happen. Right. Because we love our babies and we love our moms and, no matter what happened to them, we can get them through it for this greater good. And they need to know that. What, what would you say? Like, I, this is just me playing devil's advocate. What would you, because I don't like, I don't, the nap is not my highest value. Like God is my highest value. So it's not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm asking this for purely devil's advocate reasons. How, if, if like forcing a person to do something against their will is like, probably a violation of the nap is is parent is having a child a violation of the nap you're bringing okay. a soul to, into the world and you're making them do many things um they yes. didn't then they they as a soul did not choose to get born now they didn't exist as a soul before they got like before they were conceived but wh- how do you what's parenting in the nap you know it's a it's a great question i will first say that one of the most fundamental tenets of Christianity is free will. Mm. So free will is, is an essential element of your highest value as well. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, well, okay. I guess like if you define it in the biblical way, which is not, I I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying what it is. I'm saying what it's not is some like random, like atheist autist on Twitter saying, Ooh, like it's not their definition. Like the person on Twitter that's like taking it to psychopathic level com- conclusions, you know, like yes, 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 you know what I, I mean? yeah, okay, because there's sin. I mean, free will is yeah, why you have that, sin. Yeah, like right. okay. yeah, that's the thing I can't okay. square. Yeah. So the parenting, the parenting thing, it is, it is a, a, I believe it gets to where the the libertarian thing. I I could be wrong, but I agree that it starts feeling 
like libertarian doesn't cover culture. Family is culture. I agree. And, I agree with that, and yeah. that's why I, I've always said like, that is a, a weakness. And certainly like my introductory years libertarianism, I had to then understand the value and importance of culture. It didn't make me feel like coercion was in order, but it made me feel like you had to understand the value of culture. And that also goes to the idea of um, the self-ordering society. So when I raised my kids and I, and I definitely went too far, but in this, and I realize now what the problem was, but I always took the time. Cause it, like Murray Rothbard would say, always persuasion, never coercion. Now I didn't beg the kids, but I would always take the time to, explain to them the consequences of the actions that they wanted to do that I was not going to allow. And then like when my daughter turned 16, I said, well, you are capable of earning your own living. You know, you, you were capable of it before then, but the government intervened. So you, I had to, and actually puts a, a requirement on me to pay for the, the kids. So I said, but you don't have to listen, li- you you do not need to f- obey my rules at all anymore. But if you want to remain on my property and eat my food, I think you're getting a great deal because what you could earn at Starbucks, you're not getting a room with a giant, like, yeah. you know, turquoise poster bed. Like, you know, it's just not <laughs> happening. Yeah. So, sure. so, so to me, my relationship with my kids now, now it, it gave them problems because they would argue with their teachers. They would say like, why? <laughs> you know, it was terrible. And, and now it's a burden to them. Probably it's like freedom can be a burden. So I would, I wish I, I could have thought it through a little more like that and, and asserted my right as a parent outside of the context of my kind of more simplistic ideology of liberty and individuality. It works. Okay. I never really had to violate my principles, but it probably wasn't the best way to parent. Mm. You and, mean, that, like, and that's a problem, right? You mean like the, the thing where taking the persuasion over coercion too far or I didn't even persuade them, but I, it, it, it would have been better for them. I think some of them, not everybody, but it would have been better to just, it's like with toddlers, like you don't think you're violating their nap by teaching them not to pull the lamp down on their heads. Like, you say no. I mean, if you had to slap their hand because you were in a panic that they were going to, you know, grab a, something really dangerous, you would have to do it for their own good. Yeah. And well, and well, that's that's how I kind of yeah. feel about what what government should do sometimes. But but this is because they're a special case. They're incompetent. Oh well, plenty of incompetent people, right? You well, know what but I mean? like, but then you have to actually look to, and I do, and I'm not saying this too because you are Christian. I'm saying then I look to the actual, what is a human being? What did God, and I thought of three things because I heard somebody say, a religious person, shockingly, say after 9-11, you know, as horrible as that was, those guys are probably in heaven because they did it because they thought, they genuinely believed they were doing it for God. You mean the, the like attackers? The killers. Hmm. Okay. What the so, shit? <laughs> like, yeah, that can't be true, right? They were, it can't be they true. were Christian or religious? Were they Muslim? 
they like, were Muslims. Oh, no, Muslim. my, my, the people talking to me were not Muslims. Yeah, yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, okay. no, 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 no. And what I'm saying is this. So I said, okay, that can't be true. That can't be true, right? So <laughs> what why, a take. That's crazy. <laughs> well, because it's it's at absurdum, right? It's it's the tenet of serving God at absurdum. If you if it's just about intention, if it's just about intention, yeah, no, right? Because intention is what is sin. You have to have intention. And same thing with a crime. You have to have um, uh, mens rea. You have to believe it. But let me visit before someone like clips that and thinks I'm a fucking psycho. It's <laughs> it, so I figured out why that's wrong. It absolutely has to be wrong. And, and, it, and if it's wrong, it can only be, it, it must be wrong. And it is wrong. If God gave us three things, the ability to distinguish right from wrong. So the capacity of discernment mm-hmm. and, you know, that value system mm-hmm. reason or whatever, understanding the difference between right yeah. and wrong and then reason. So I guess those are two kinds of like, like discernment is the reason part yeah. and then free will. So, so you choose it. So you right. can tell right from wrong. You can, you, you know that there's good, you know that there's evil, you can distinguish between it, and then you can make that choice, mm. which is why Adam and Eve, as innocent as they were, did have to pay the price for choosing, you know, the, the thing that was wrong, which it weirdly is knowledge. Like, so you're going to have to explain that to me, but, yeah. uh, so I think you so, can go too far with it. That's what I think. I think yeah, that knowledge so, is like knowledge, liberty, these, like, these are almost like worldly secular values that when taken too far, you become your own God and you violate the highest law, which is God's oh, law. Oh, you sh- I'm li- started to listen to this new podcast called The Hidden Life is Best. It's about Francis Bacon and the, and the or- origin of, it's like he created science to replace religion. It's this Gnosticism. It's going to, I hope he does like a thousand episodes because I will never get sick of learning this stuff. But so the idea of science as a replacement for religion is absolutely true. And if you've ever read, have you ever read Ted Kaczynski? Mm-hmm. Sure. So Uncle Ted. he has the same oh, too far, too far. So, <laughs> so he, yeah. so he has the concept that what you're talking like, so that's when I said, okay, the, the tree of knowledge that yields, like you're going to like toil forever. That's the agricultural revolution. Yeah. That's the beginning of technology. That's when idle hands can do the devil's work because you can free up a class of people to be the scientist priests which you couldn't otherwise do. So the burden gets pushed down and separated. Whereas like in a permaculture society, what the garden of Eden would have been, it's not like that. You know, you just, you don't have that division of labor kind of thing and then technology and all that. So it's, you know, it's possible that, that, you know, technology or knowledge is the problem and that we are meant to be autonomous. But I have to say, God simply, I don't think the system works if we're not, I don't think God's plan makes sense if we're if we don't have the capacity or maybe maybe the parable of the talents kind of speaks to what you're talking about. Like some people have the have a higher standard than others or more, you know, from those to much have been given, much will be expected. You know, it's possible that that's true, but but you have to have individual accountability and it's not and and controlling it on Earth, I don't think is why we're here. Like if you read. C.S. not C.S. Lewis. Is it C.S. Lewis? Who wrote the problem of pain? Pure, pure Christianity. Uh, 
What's it called? Is that isn't that C.S. Lewis? Mere Christianity. Mere Christianity. That's C.S. Yeah. Lewis. That's a great book. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Oh. C.S. Lewis. So he said, if I recall correctly, that this realm is Lucifer's, and we're not winning. Big facts. Yep. So I feel like, well, let's think about that. Okay. So we we're we're given reason. We're given understanding right from wrong, and we're given free will, and we're not going to win here. So we're here as a trial. I call it the St. Peter's test. And when you die and you're talking to St. Peter and you have to explain yourself, what's he going to ask you and what are you going to say? So what are we here for? And, and it could be a test of just seeing if no matter the temptation, you stand your principles, even if you know the world's going to go to shit right around your own kids and everything like, or, and you fight the fight. I think I fight. Like I'm, I'm here. It takes a little bit of courage. I don't really love like having my real name and face and everything yeah. out there. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Like, I mean, like, why do you like, how, did you ever have a pseudonym or anything? Like, did you No, did, because I was, I was going to go be a banker again. Like after my kids were, I was ready to go be a banker. And I, you know, my kids aren't up, but I was bored. So I was like taking the CFA, these exams takes like three years. And I was just like trying to keep current in banking so that I could have something later. And I just happened to sit next to a radio producer at a wedding. And I, and I had just read like Hans Hermann Hoppe or something. And I had already concluded that the American experiment had failed and that, and this would have been the best experiment in, this was the only experiment. This is the best possible experiment in self-limiting government because it happened by the right people in, you know, forgive me, Native Americans. I do recognize that, but in, in the minds of the Europeans, it was an empty continent. You had the right people at, at exactly in the age of enlightenment. This was the moment they created it, and yet we had, this was like Obamacare. And I was like, shit. So, so then I realized, like, there was, if, if this experiment didn't work, then the, then the idea of self-limiting government is the utopian fantasy. And I was bummed because I thought there was no hope. But then I looked at Hoppe, who said, no, because society is self-ordering. It's, it's not only impossible, it's unnecessary, mm. that government. But his second choice, and mine would be too, just like yours, would be a constitutional monarchy yeah. or just a you know, monarchy. Mm -hmm. But so it isn't possible. So that was the failed experiment. And I, and I, I like that Hoppe. So I was talking to her about it and she was on the radio, the, this big radio station in Atlanta. She introduced me to her boss and gave me this job. And it was just on the real radio. So, you know, Monica yeah. Perez isn't the most obscure name, or maybe in Atlanta, but I didn't think it was that <laughs> big a deal. But now, I, you know, I don't like it because it's not that I don't like it. I, I feel like I'm not, like you're saying, like, I'm not just one person. Like, that's that's where libertarianism breaks down, right? It's like, I'm not just one person. Yeah. I am part of a community, right. a culture, a you're family, a, yeah. a religion. Right. You know, I'm, I'm part of things that I draw fire to. Yep. And, you know, I didn't realize that. So, but... As my mother says, you know, if God wanted you to do something different, he would have told you. So, you know, <laughs> That's great. you'd know. That's great. You know, so yeah. I do it because I, I would know. You know, I would know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, cool. And if you want to know, uh, like a religious experience I had recently, I was in church and I was really having a crisis about, about some of these things, you know, because it is, it is a little stressful. And I, 
And I said, and my son, he's so sweet. He's just like, we were in church. He's like, if you go over there, you know, I said, I, I really don't know what to do about this. Is this really the right thing to do? And he said, well, right. Jesus is right over there. Go ask him. And I was like, what? And he was like, just go over there and kneel over there. And I kneeled. It was the infant of Prague was in there. And, and my, what my son says is he'll, he'll, he actually answers you. Like he will answer you and you will hear it. I was like, come on. Mm. So I went over there. I know it sounds crazy. I went no, over there and not to me. I asked and, and he said, I said, why am I? No, I said, should I do this? And he said, well, he literally answered me. He said, why are you doing it? And I said, well, you asked me to. And he said, that's right. And he said, and the pro, he said, things are harder good things or I can't remember are harder than you think they should be. Mm. You know, yeah. sometimes things are harder than you think they should be. Yeah. That's, I completely agree. I think and that's I was true. like, that's then true. I thought, you okay, can wrap so- it up your mind. You can be like, you, you like, what am I? You're, you can like dig yourself into a lazy grave by like exactly. your expectations about a problem, about yes. like, what is going to happen. But like, if you just do, just do like, um, yeah, I get it. And, and also you, you have to make sure that you don't have what, what my sister coined as an ethical glass ceiling or just a glass ceiling. So with my kids, I was saying before, like I raised my kids this way. It probably wasn't, they're, they're great. And I love them. And maybe they'll be freer thinkers because of it. Maybe it's, it was the right thing to do. I don't know. But right now as teens, I feel like if I had given them more structure, you know, relieved their mind of the idea that they had to, that they were, had some control. Like if I just said, Hey, this is how it is. Like it's mm-hmm. liberating to them yeah. as people who are confused. So that I do regret that a little bit, but, but I didn't see, I didn't really realize that I had that like glass ceiling. I just didn't realize it. So I just didn't look up. And then, so now with what, what I do and how I think about it, you know, now I have to think, okay, if it's hard and I, and I'm, you know, struggling with it, I think maybe I have to just look up and see what that glass ceiling is. Like maybe doing the daily news isn't really the high, highest and best value, or maybe I need to do it better. Or maybe, you know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe I need to not be a libertarian anymore. You know, like yeah, that, I mean, I'm not really thinking well, that, but I'm yeah. just thinking maybe I need to reevaluate my approach and approach it more as a solutions thing. Or, you know, maybe I should start, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Maybe, maybe the real, the right thing for me to do is to literally start doing what I think I should do, like learn how to get like use guns and can tomatoes and grow chickens and share that experience with people through maybe talking to, to the experts walking me through it. Like maybe there would be a lot of value in that. Like, I think so. But I was just thinking of getting better at what I was doing. And maybe that's not, maybe that is it, but maybe it's not it. And it's those thoughts that it's even harder than just do I'm a doer. But it's that yeah, I think that's humans. I mean, I no. think that like the, the people that are like not very alive are like the people that lost touch with that doer like to, to do is to be human. You know, there's other things, too. But I mean, I don't know. There's some people that I don't know. I used to be really lazy. I still kind of am sometimes I, I just got into homesteading myself. I just moved to Tennessee, nice. have some chickens, have a garden. But I think the more I got into like into getting closer with God and getting and just being like being able to live the suffering 
You know, even though it's not too bad, it's just like you're out in the sun like for five, six hours and you're getting shit on your hands and you're um, I just think that to to suffer to, and to do and to have faith is like these are very human things. And the 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 people that want don't want those things anymore, like they're my kind of my enemies. Like, that's just how I see it now. Well, I, I have something to say about that. But uh, so I'm a doer also. And yeah. I thought, so th- this is how you it seemed like, my, it, yeah. Yeah. So my dad thought all you have to do is work. So he had nine kids and he worked and his kids were effed up because he just, he needed to be more of a dad. And he, he reflects on that and acknowledged that. My mom said, well, I think all you have to do is love them. She has the same kids. They're effed up. And now she's like, that wasn't enough. Yes. So I decided that I know I will love them and work for them. So I'll combine my mom and dad and I will do all of that. And that's not enough. Mm. Now I realize in retrospect that I needed to learn parenting techniques such as like discipline. You know, I have self-discipline, but to impart discipline, delegation and stuff, that is like a very annoying thing to have to do to people if you're not that kind of person. And I just didn't, I just didn't, it did, I just thought I was so busy all the time, I must be doing enough. But I could have been less busy and have really done a better job. Yeah. And so, but what I want to, I want to ask you how, so I'm a doer, but how do you know what to do that? Like, that's what I say. I say like, I, what I pray for is direction. Yep. I mean, I, mean, the, I have strength and courage and energy, but I ha- I direction is really important. Well, I mean, okay. So there's uh, these, what I'm about to say, I, there's certainly not like original ideas of mine, but you know, I read, read a bunch of books. I listen to lectures like almost all day, other than when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, the next right thing is a phrase that I think about all the time is like the next correct thing to do. Now that's impossible unless you do another principle called prioritize and execute. Um, so, I mean, you, you, you have to like, I mean, and there's different ways of doing this for every single person, but it, you have to do some, unless you have a perfect memory, you have to do some sort of like write it down or make a list or something. And you have to, you know, you have to group them into like what matters, what is like, what is necessary what is, um, you know, and, and, you know, and all the way down to like, what is pure leisure? And you, you have to ask yourself, like, what le- what does leisure do to get my big yes. goals? You know, so it's like it's like uh, and you have to like psych yourself into doing the next right thing. Like, here's here's another thing. If you find yourself, there's a thing that you like, quote, should be doing. And you definitely you're like, I hate this. I don't want to do it. That's the thing you should be doing. Like, that's basically it. Mm. Yes, I, I can see that. But I would say, I, I mean, I was too, it didn't even occur to me that the thing I was avoiding was something I hate. You know, I was just never, I didn't even reflect, was there something more yeah. I could do? Because I felt like everything I did do was important. Mm. So I was like, what else is there? I don't there? have that problem. Yeah, But no, yeah. you had, actually, you just gave me the answer. And I think it's a first commandment thing. Which is, so this is how my father taught me the first commandment. He said, being a drug addict, well, being a drug addict would be bad, but like doing drugs, like doing heroin for leisure, isn't actually necessarily a sin. It's if you worship it, 
Yeah, it's I- idolatry. It, That's the sin. Yes. Yeah, anything and that takes if, you away from pro- God being the priority. Yeah. Right. Yep. And if it interferes with your responsibilities. Yep. So what you were saying is like what what I when I I had a great conversation with Pete Quinones recently, nice. and I was saying when I was doing this radio show in Atlanta, where he is, where he is stationed at the moment is, uh, as a human being, um, when I did that, I really was excited that I could talk about the, there were traditional conservative principles to my dad, but their libertarianism to me. And I could say this stuff on the radio and like people would call like crazy, like I'm, I can't believe anybody's talking like this. It's amazing what you talk about as I as principles and all that kind of so great. And I thought that was a really valuable thing to do. And I knew like my dad always had dried food in the basement and taught like us how to shoot guns and Based. stuff. And I was like, he's yeah, but I was like, he's ridiculous, you know. And he also said like, don't go to college. It's a ridiculous waste of time and money. Like, do something more useful, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, what if I could go to Harvard? And he's like, well, maybe. And I said, what if I could go for free? He's like, yeah, maybe. And I did. I got a scholarship to Harvard. You would not believe it. And I said, well. And he's like, we'll see. Wow, <laughs> sounds like a great guy. Yes, and now yeah. <laughs> I I'm like full circle. I'm I'm probably yeah. the age he was when he told me that, and I was like my kids are thinking about college and stuff and i'm like don't bother let me give you let's buy a farm let's take the money and buy a farm and they're like what the hell are you talking like come on all right go do be a vet or something so like at least we can use it go go figure that out so so but that was what i thought was the priority then and maybe it was but i used the line people loved on his show it's like i'm ashamed of myself for thinking there was still time to talk Mm. because I was doing that and I thought I, and me, you know, maybe cause I still have a lot of thousands of people like follow me over the podcast, but, but if I think about it now, so now I have clarity, a vision and actually reading the Ted Kaczynski book gave me the clarity a vision, which is what do I, what do, what do I need to do as a parent? I need to feed my kids. Am I going to be able to do that? What is the greatest risk to me feeding my kids? Oh, I have no food. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I need to make sure. So like, I, I can't grow chickens, but like I have my, this is my dried food here, which is just by coincidence behind me. Cool. It's holding up my, but nice. <laughs> I, I just had to, like, I just had to, because after the car thing, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm conditioned white. Like I'm unaware, you know, and unprepared like me. What the hell? Like, can I ask oh. why did, why did you move to LA? Just because I don't pay the bills. Oh, okay. I <laughs> okay. Yeah, I All right. I was like, you're because I sorry for interrupting, but you're like talking this way. I'm like, you know, yeah. you know like, talk no, about like zombie apocalypse central. <laughs> yeah, no, we rent this okay. house. Like I've got yeah, to get yeah. out of here, but um, no, I mean, I have to get out of here because I think they're going to like vaccinate my children behind my back. Like I'm worried and I'm really just mostly worried about my daughter's ovaries. Like I think everybody else is going to make it, but I think that those are the target of the whole COVID and vaccination. Mm. They've had to pick one target. What's consistent yes. with the people who are running this show mm-hmm. is, uh, and then, and so I remembered that a Catholic doctor's organization found in tetanus shots in Kenya, uh, HCG, which sterilizes people. And uh. there was no reason for it to be there, but it's in like the research, the research, like I don't, I found an, a document from two years ago where they, analyze the data same thing with 
um, the Gates or whatever, the polio vaccine that went to India not too long ago gave kids uh, flaccid myelitis, which is polio. And if you try to look either of those things up, it gets debunked like you wouldn't believe. But you can literally find the documents. Snopes says, yeah. Prove it. Yeah, I know. I'm talking like pages and pages of debunking. (laughs) Like you cannot find, you have to know exactly what to look for or go to the show notes for my show today. But, but yeah, so like I really think that that's what, what it is. Like this is a real onslaught. And I, I'm, I'm worried about that. And I feel like this is a place. I think we're post ideological. I think we're post constitutional as well. And oh, yeah. I, I just, I've been I'm saying really that. Worried. Yeah, I've been saying that for like a month now. I mean, like I've, I've yeah. kind of known it for a while. Ever since I did like a deep dive on, like I went through, and actually I didn't do this work myself, but like this guy went through and like defined every word in the Second Amendment and how, like how they defined those words then. And it's yeah. just like once I, this was like two years ago. I was like, this is like complete trash i mean every one of these words is getting crapped on all day it's like you know they people get mad at me for the second amendment for my uh what i say about the second amendment i of course obviously recognize the absolute right to defend yourself unless you have actually lost that right like you lose your right if you go around killing people you lose liberty you know that there is a there are consequences to bad behavior sure but you can't preemptively take away anybody's rights without a jury trial. Yeah. Like, I don't think they should, like, uh, commit people for mental reasons or red flag their guns yeah. without a jury trial unanimously robbing you of that liberty. Yep. So, but I I think it's a tremendous coup that the Second Amendment defendants will tell us not to focus on the militia part of it. Yeah. Because I suggest, I think it's possible, I have to reread the Constitution, but I think it's possible that the only affirmative requirement in the Constitution is the militia. Hmm. That other than anything that isn't controlled by the Constitution. So the state doesn't, the Constitution doesn't really control the state. It, but that seems to me to require that this, it doesn't require that you vote or anything. Like it does tell the states to send delegates and and whatnot. But I would say the militia rises to that level, like a Mm. constitutional requirement. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, because it's necessary for a free state. Yep. It's very, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the, the definitely post-constitutional world or society. And it's, there's just like so many different, psyops and so many different things that are like not what they seem and it's it's good it's good that you do what you do and we need someone doing literally the propaganda report (laughs) (laughs) i did think that was a great name yeah it's a great name yeah Yeah. so wordpress ate the url though i think oh really because they they took me down so if you go to the propaganda report.com it'll tell you that i'm gonna steal your money or whatever so it's the prop report.com so okay so you know we got to get out here in about 20 minutes or so but um the you know the last thing we do of every interview is a lightning round i'm not sure if we did this last time where we do some quick questions the whole thing was a lightning round Yeah, people are filling up the the chat right now with with lightning round questions but um what you know what i wanted to ask you is is what is your thoughts on like on you know, like international law, like, you know, I don't know. I don't really know if it's like, first of all, international law in general, but also things like the G (laughs) seven, like we just, the G seven (laughs) was, I mean, so do you think international law should exist in the first place? I mean, and not as a voluntarist, I mean, because the voluntary society is not going to happen anytime soon. Like, so no, no. And the reason that I can't really be a here and now anarcho-capitalist is the threat of globalism. Yep. So it's almost, I, I mean, 
it's like rock and roll, right? It's, it's, you know, the idea of anarcho-capitalism is good and true, but it will be used against you. (laughs) You know, it will be used against you. So you got to hold the line with the bill of rights. It's our only hope. And everything, all these things to me are unconstitutional. So unconstitution to me is a minimum. You know what I mean? I don't want to tear it down because I want it to be worse. I want to, I want to preserve it until we can get something better, which will never be something in writing. It will only be an evolved society, Mm. but, and maybe it will happen because say all the sheep take the vaccine and then there are no more sheep. Like, you know, then maybe, maybe we will have, be able to have an anarcho-capitalist society. It's possible. (laughs) Through ruling through genocide. Yes. 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 (laughs) I mean, and and they're doing it to themselves. It's totally mystifying. I don't, I don't, there's another shoe to drop. Yeah. Yeah. There's another shoe to drop. But all that stuff, first of all, even if you look at the language, the G7 statement, closing statement began with, we will build back better, which is Klaus Schwab, whoever the, you know, Klaus Schwab has got to be a front man for somebody because they wouldn't put the real guy in the front. And he seems like an Nazi. So that's world fascism. And uh, they are, if you you read all that kind of deep state globalist plotting stuff that I read, you realize that they are, they've always been plotting for a true world government. They want laws they can enforce with, with money, with uh, guns. But in this case, I think they're moving to plan B, which is de facto backdoor fascism, which is ruled by big philanthropy where you don't even yep. get to see the this laws is written so down. on point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Big philanthropy is such a big issue. Yeah. They're going to rule the world. And I can tell you where it says that it says that in a 20, 2010 Rockefeller foundation document called about something like scenarios for technological penetration or something. And it's four scenarios, hack attack, lockstep. One of them says nation states will lose power and big philanthropy will be a de facto coordinating effort to make sure there's the same kind of rules in every you know, on the ground everywhere. Yikes. Yeah. I'm just, that's why I'm just like, dude, I, like I'm, I'm going to make it simple. I'm a nationalist. Like I, like I, whatever I time you. I'm just a nationalist. And it's like, I also like small government, but like that, you know, but I'm a nationalist. I like the nation. It's good. I like the nation. I good understand thing. what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's so, you know, that is such a loaded term that it's hard for me to embrace it. But I do believe that the bill of rights and the borders that make sure that we have a place where we can, everybody there can, will stand shoulder to shoulder to defend them is the, is the best hope right now. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, let's do the lightning round. Oh, yeah, no, I wanted to read this meme to you. So there, I, okay. I'm going to send you a meme after this. Um, I could even share my screen. Let me, let me share my screen. Why don't we do this? And it's like, you know, like the Klaus Schwab thing where he's like, you, you will own nothing. You will be happy. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, for sure. This is a, a, a meme that they found on 4chan. It's Alex Jones. <laughs> is that Alex? Yeah, it says, you will own the land. You will eat the organic food. You will smoke the cigars. <laughs> you will fuck the wife. You will have the children. You will speak the truth. Truth. You will break the globalists. You will have lots of money, and you'll be happy. <laughs> wow. That is fantastic. <laughs> Do you ever see that Howard Stern fake Alex Jones where the Bill Gates character is a lizard with syringes sticking out no, all over the place? It's so great. I'll it's so it great. It's better than real Alex Jones. Like my husband played it for me and I was like, oh my gosh, I love fake Alex Jones. He's right across the board. Alex Jones played it on his own show. He was like, this fake Alex Jones is the best. Are you a fan of Alex Jones? 
Like, do you? I, you know, I'm not a fan of Alex Jones. I used to really like him, and then I was like, he's obviously a CIA agent, and now I'm like, I think he might be a pawn. Yeah, and, maybe. And I, you I'm know, a big because... fan. Even if he, who's not a who's not a pawn? I mean, everybody's a pawn. Yeah. Everyone well, says winning every... or unwitting. Yeah, right? I mean, it's just if it's winning, then I would have a problem with it. But if it's unwitting, every that could be everybody. Like, like that. Like when taken to its logical to its actual conclusion, you could say like anyone that interacts with the U.S. dollar is upon witting or otherwise because that system it's it's gravel yes. it's like everything everywhere all the time yes Everyone's yes so that's like, why that's actually why i don't like to use the expression anarcho-capitalist anymore because mm. the word capital 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 itself has been so bastardized that unless we're really talking about everyone having gold and a touchstone like here it's real gold you know i'm i'm down with that as a as a proxy for my labor but beyond that mm. but yeah point. he wait, i think Good of point. him as a taint agent <laughs> that he taints things okay. by being crazy you know mm. like gun rights wah! and yeah. it's like no how about how gun rights are done. important because that's how you get yeah. shit i think that's how kind of like know. how you get shit done i mean like we're if, not if, winning <laughs> no no one's winning no one like no no one's winning like so so the the i think that if you have like a hundred or two hundred different like talking heads right say the see say the the mainstream media was dissolved today and all you had left was people in alt media me you alex jones i think alex jones is alt alt media you can't have everyone being like some people are going to achieve what they want through hyperbole and through playing a character through being a cartoon. Some people are going to be more analytical, but they can't all be the same way. It's the parable of the talents, man. Mm, yeah. I mean, like you need musicians, you need people yeah, analyzing documents, you need like people making jokes. So I, I just don't like, I, so I don't think that that's, I think that's a little bit of like a false dichotomy or a fallacy okay. where it's like, right. where it's like he might be a shill or whatever, but you need people rule like to do uh, their yeah. thing with the joke, with the character, well, you know? I also think that even with limited hangouts, mm. they're hanging out. Like if you're smart, <laughs> limited hangouts only work on the sheeple because if you're smart, you get more out of them than they get out of you. Mm. Yeah, that's a good – who made that term? Is that like a CIA official term? Limited hangout? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like Edward Snowden is a limited hangout. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I just – I give the – I give maybe this is a problem on my end, but I will always give the benefit of, doubt, of the doubt to someone who's like funny and entertaining because you can't be funny and entertaining without having a little bit of grip on truth, like like a little bit of a like like Donald Trump, for instance. I know that he's got his issues. I know that he has he has deep state ties going back a ways. You know, go, Tesla. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. So, but at least he's like funny and. It's dynamic and it's energizing, and I would just take that dystopia. I guess that's what I'm saying. I would take that dystopia. No, but he replaced the... Ron Paul, which who was better? You know, yeah. Ron Paul was better. Ron Paul is a traditional conservative. Def- and, oh, I love Ron Paul. Yeah, right. And he took they took Trump to absorb mm. Ron Paul's mojo. Mm. That's very interesting. Yeah, I never even thought right. about that. What are you gonna do? Yeah. I, all right. What we're gonna do is gonna do the lightning round. Okay. So okay. we have ten minutes left, and we, we uh, we're gonna try to guys. You're putting a lot of deep, deep like uh, let's keep this light, right? I'll still address your your, no, your, your question. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're just gonna go in order, and okay. So answer as quick as possible, and I might give you a little pushback, a little bit of, like discussion, but let's go as quick as possible. What shape is the Earth? 
It's a sphere. It's a sphere. Okay. When you're listening to a audiobook, specifically an audiobook, and you tell one of your friends that you've you're 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 listening, you're consuming this audiobook, did you say do you say you've read the book or listened to the book? Listened. Listen to the book. Okay. I've been converted over in the last couple months. There's one of uh, a common debate on our uh on our uh on our show. So you listen to it. Um I'm going to skip a couple of these. Okay. Is she, are you musical? Do you have any like hobbies, secret talents, stuff like that? I just made borscht. Nice. What, what is borscht? It's a stew, borscht. right? Like well, last stew. time I made it, I made it from bone broth, which I cook myself. So it took me like two days. And, uh, but this time I bought the bone broth, but it's beef broth and beets, carrots, beet. dill, yeah. cabbage, potatoes and beef and a little bit of vinegar and you put like sour cream in it at the end it's like a winter stew from russia but my son every once in a while craves it so i i cook it up but like my hands are usually red yeah but it's hot so i can do that hot or is it cold oh yeah you can i think you can have it cold but i make it hot i make it hot very nice and uh my so i'm good at that kind of stuff i'm i oh i make absolutely fantastic cocktails like, oh, I've seen this before. I've seen cocktails. this before. Yeah, this yes, was on your website yes. last year. Yeah, I have yeah. a website, monicamixes.com. And <laughs> I just do it so that I have my recipes uh, on my phone, but I share. And uh, I am I really love to read. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I really love, love to, read. to read nonfiction. I can. Yeah. I really can't read fiction. Yeah, me neither. But, it's it's yeah. very hard, yeah. Um, so no, I have nothing. That, yeah, I, you don't I play any instruments. Nothing. You don't play like ukulele or like drums. Or no metal band. Nope. No, okay. <laughs> no, uh, I'm really right. terrible at everything. All right. Um, what is what is art? That's a great question. Um, I have only to 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 throw a question back at you, which is the limits of my understanding of art is. When I have a cool dream, is that art? No. Why not? Because you didn't create it with intent. You, now, now, not everything okay. created with intent is art. But I think that they're like, it's almost like you need, and this discussion has come up a lot. It's like one, like, it's like three or four out of five different things have to be like present. For it to be art, I mean, like it what? has to be has to be created, it has to be b- created by a human. It has to serve a, a, its main purpose. Can't be like necessary. Art is by definition unnecessary. Like like you can bake bread in a artistic way, but that doesn't make bread art. Right? Because bread is is is, okay. is 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 yeah, it's craft or skill or something yeah. like that. But art has to be like created by a human by like its highest purpose. It's like stated. Per- it has to be well. I, it's an Finish expre- that sentence. It's an expression of the human soul, but Fair. so is your dream. So I so, understand. So it's like you have yes. to. It's like a Venn diagram where I they have to going... like intersect on like most different. Like it, okay. it's, it's very so, slippery. Yeah. So I want to say that uh, John Taylor Gatto said about literature because I said I can't read fiction, which is a perfect question to mm. follow that. Can't read fiction. And he said, you must read fiction. Don't make the mistake of not reading fiction because it illuminates even a single previously unrecognized facet of the human character for starters. 
Very cool. And that yeah, I would be agree. Art. I like I was more imaginative, and I I actually thought life was better when I was when I was reading a little bit of fiction. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I was saying. Like with uh, working, yeah. I used to I set a goal for myself to work like sixteen hours a day, and I'm not sure that was the right yeah. answer. Yeah, sure. And now I have to I have to break that glass ceiling and give myself a little, you know, fiction time. Yeah. What uh are you competitive? Not at all. What? It actually makes me uncomfortable. You seem competitive. No, I, I'm an overachiever. Mm. But I, okay. I actually, I find like comparisons very unsettling. Okay. Um, what does Monica think about the masks only being necessary to help the world governments hone in the facial recognition technology? Do you agree with that premise? Uh, I think there are many reasons for the masks yeah. that absolutely I would be surprised. I, there's no way they're not taking this opportunity to do that for sure. Or to say, oh, well, now we need gate recognition because so many people have masks, you know, or we need audio because we can't really recognize people. But I think there's like three other reasons for the masks. One is it's this um, like cult initiation ritual, which I saw on Truth Stream yeah. Media, straight out of sure. like Huxley's brother, whatever. Uh, there's that, you know, the uh, the obeisance thing, like the symbol of obedience. Uh, there's that. There's the conflict that it gives rise to. But I would say a bit, I mean, this is really going down the rabbit hole, but I do believe that absolutely everything that's happening right now is bad for our health. And I'm, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think my underlying assumption is that that is part of the intention because I believe I, I, because I just started learning about cancer and how like our cancer cures and how cancer is a fun, like if you're going to do a cancer cure, you reduce the acid level in your body. Mm -hmm. And then that's Wim Hof breathing the Gerson. So, so the masks increase your acid. And then when somebody, so, so I just, I knew two or three people in like a, a, a one month span who said, Oh, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law and my father-in-law, these different people were diagnosed with lung cancer and were dead within one month. And I was like, Oh, Jeez. I wonder if that's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, so, uh, masks. In, in our present situation, uh, open borders or closed borders. I I ha- I would say that in a free society, That's why I said there should in be no present borders. Situation. Yeah. Present situation, uh, you know, you have to control the borders, yeah. and and that also not not you could even have it in the unfree society if you didn't if you didn't do that. You know that uh, you know they they control the private property. Like they, they don't let you control your private property. That's the biggest problem. But they also tie around the neck of the right to work and travel. This right to vote is completely That's irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. They, you, you can't come over to work unless you become a citizen and vote. It's, it's like nobody it's cares. backwards, yeah, yeah. I actually think no one should vote. I, I think it's completely fair, reasonable, whatever. You can disagree, and I can understand that too. But- there's no reason that the criteria for voting should be any different than the criteria of being president. Hmm. Based 35 and up, at least that would get rid of. And so born many in this country. People. Absolutely. Born yes. in this country. And I'm not saying it like from an ethnic point of view, or racist point of view, like all of my grandparents Shit. were born in another country. Yeah. Uh, like, seriously, it's not yeah. ethnic. Yeah. I'm not saying like control it by ethnicity. I'm saying 
I kind of you, am a little bit at some point. Yeah, well, you can like, say yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. But, but, the, but the idea that you, that culture is something that is absorbed as early as language. Mm. And if you have a unique culture of liberty that people from other countries are coming because they yearn for it and they want it, they should want to understand it mm. rather than influence it before that immersive understanding. I'm not advocating for this. It's just an idea. I haven't like written a a proposed bill on the subject. I don't really care, but I wrote a beautiful, really comprehensive article called the libertarian immigration conundrum, Mm. which I can send to you. Yeah. Send it to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll 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 go through it on stream. That's tight. Um, Yeah. Okay. You got a favorite, favorite historical figure. Um. Oh, well, I can't. I can't get distracted from oh, that. So, oh, you're doing it right now? You can do it later. I thought if you that want. you yeah. said you were going to put it on the screen. Oh, no. Um, I was going to go uh, through it on like a subsequent yeah. stream. No, no. Yeah. I don't oh. want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I'll send it to you. Yeah, send okay, it to me later. Um, favorite historical favorite figure. Favorite historical figure. Um, I mean, I have to say Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I don't think there's any other. I have a funny joke, but we don't have time. Next time, ask me the joke about How, how many genders are there? Two. Two. Good. You'll fit in right here. I mean, uh, I mean I, I'm not saying there's only two ways to prefer sex or mm-hmm. two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just I think that your people can be born gay or feel like they're in somebody else's body. But I mean, it's a definitional question. Yeah. All right. Last question. We're going to do something. It's like, a really yeah. question of grammar because yeah. gender it doesn't affect human beings. It's a grammatical distinction, I think. Yeah. Okay, last question. Le, we'll, keep, we'll keep it. We'll Two. keep it. We'll keep it. Uh, keep it light. What's your signature cocktail? The last word. What is it? Okay, I thought that was a fun punctuation mark. Uh, it is. It is, is. It's an equal parts drink. It has four things in it. <laughs> You're funny as shit, Monica. I like. I really like talking to you. Sorry, keep going. You're yeah, oh, I love talking to you too. Yeah. I know it would be fun. Um, <laughs> It's equal parts, four things. Quantro, no, no. It's uh, gin, Luxardo, which is maraschino. Um, it's green chartreuse, which will kick your ass. And it's lime juice, fresh squeezed lime juice. Four things. You shake it on ice, you strain it into a cold glass, and just sit down. Probably don't want to have any plans for the rest of the evening. Have two of those, and uh, you won't care as much about any of this all right sounds good that's how we escape that's great all right monica perez everybody i'm gonna put on the outro music tell everyone how to find your stuff I've, i'm gonna link your stuff below in the show description and things like that but how can this will be a podcast in a couple days so how can people find your work online okay um it's the propreport.com is my website which is a little hobbled since wordpress took us down however long ago and we you can find the propaganda report on any of your favorite podcasting feeds and and the drive time news blast is the daily show the dnb and if you want we have a lot of fun with cocktails and everything else on patreon and extra content so go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and the deep dive videos that Binkley get, brings these clips and we talk about them on Rockfin are just you they're really fantastic and if you join through our thing we'll like through one of our videos subscribe to our channel there we will secretly invite you I don't know if we're supposed to do this but we'll secretly invite you to the cocktail parties and everything and then you cool. still get to watch everybody else Sounds Sam fun, Tripoli yeah and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Rockfin seems cool yeah I'm gonna check it out I, yeah. I, it's on if my you're interested list, yeah. I'm yeah. happy to make an introduction 
Okay. Well, it's great. All right. Awesome. Well, have a nice ha- have a nice evening. It's night here, yes. so I don't know. Have fun at dinner and all those good things, and yes. I'll, I'll talk to you. So let's not make it a year this time. Let's get together. You know, four or five months at have you back on. Is that okay? Sure. All right. Thank you. So great. fun. Thanks. Okay. Dude. Great. Have a good one. Bye bye. See ya. All right. Yeah, Monica Perez. Everybody. My goodness. That was a hard interview for me. I was. Uh, I'm really. I'm really out of it from building this chicken coop all day, son.